You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. Thank you so much for joining us. We are live at the WCPT studios. And uh, I I didn't want to open with a funny light song today because I just don't feel funny and light. I feel sad and angry. And so I was like, hey, Tim, come be sad and angry with me. Tim Hogan joins me. He's the... uh, Director of director of the Heartland Signal yeah. news, newsroom, executive editor, executive editor. Yes. I, I keep changing your title. Yeah. So, I I was just watching a press conference out of Colorado Springs, and uh, and you and I just mentioned when we went on the air they were they were naming all of the uh, the five people who lost their lives at the Club Q shooting, mm-hmm. um, and we're starting to learn some of the details. Uh, it is. You know, when people say they're numb to this kind of thing, we can't be numb to this. This is exactly no. when we need to keep uh, our, our, you know, our focus and our energy on doing the right thing for people, don't you think? Right. And I just, uh, I'm still absorbing it. I mean, you know, yeah. we, um, you just don't want to, it's almost like a knee jerk to be like, I don't want to talk about politics in a time like this, but oh. it is it is political yes. and it's a really uncomfortable reality that I think that we have to accept. And, you know, there's hate generated by some of the people with the largest megaphones in our country, just talking about how people are grooming your children and bringing them to drag shows and, you know, what is a woman and pronouns. It's just every scary thing. And we're still learning more about this, but it's just, look, we found this clip yesterday of of Herschel Walker in Georgia stumping uh, in a place called Carrollton and uh, he goes on a whole anti-trans riff like nothing ever happened. I don't understand what, and, where and all this comes it's just, from. Just, you know, I, I know what a man is. I know what a woman is. The Bible tells me this. Yada, yada. No, no mention. No, has not said a word about uh-huh. what happened in Colorado, and it's just—it's disgusting. It's really disgusting. One of the uh, one of those who lost their lives had recently celebrated their fortieth birthday, and uh, one of their friends who had also uh, was now a trans woman uh, said how great it was to celebrate because they'd known so many people who had lost their lives and didn't make it to that age, and then to be gunned down uh, at Club Q. A friend of mine uh, grew up in uh, Orlando, and when the Pulse shooting. Happened, and I reached out to him and because and, it was a, a place where he had gone and found family and a place where he felt safe. And this is a place where people go to celebrate. We don't we don't understand. I don't understand. Uh, you know, places where people go to f- be themselves, to express their love and to f- have that as a target because people have been banging this drum of hatred, whether it's from folks like Awake Illinois or Lauren, Lauren Boebert, uh, Marjorie Trader, whatever her name is, yep. uh, who constantly, as you said, you know, say that uh, say these horrible things things about people who are just living their lives. I almost, because right. I, I just can't, I don't understand this, this need to other somebody to, because this was, this is really kind of, uh, uh, emerged spontaneously. It almost feels like in the last year between yeah. JK Rowling and, uh, people who just, well, you know, that they don't have the lived experience of a woman. What do you care? Right. Well, I just, the, the whole debate too. And it's, it's this, it's, um, you know, women's sports and, yeah. uh, trans participation participation in sports. I mean, that is part of the debate that really gets me to it. And Herschel Walker has a commercial that launched today where he's talking with a female athlete about how unfair it is that, uh, you know, biological men uh, or trans women are participating um, in, in women's sports. And I'm like, this is not, it's invented. This is an invented is. thing. And just even at the high school,
high school level is the cruelest to me because do you really believe that someone who is questioning their gender identity that they really care about getting a leg up on the track team or on the basketball team it is such a deep existential question for people and all they want to do at a high school level is to have some sense of community some sense of belonging and these old politicians target these kids and make them enemies. It's just, it's really grotesque. It's revolting. And it's, it is the need to feel superior. And it's the need to uh, manipulate people's emotions that, that per- it's that person's fault that you're not happy. Right. That your child isn't going to be successful because something's being taken away from them. And, and it, when, you, when you say that it, this is an invented crisis on the part of the, not just the conservatives, but the, 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 the far right extremists, uh, the Judeo-Christian whiteness of this, because it does incorporate uh, this idea of, every, you know, I read in the Bible that Herschel mm-hmm. Walker says it's in the... Uh, uh, right. Okay. As if you get to claim, you know, you you interpret the scripture, Herschel right. Walker. Thank you. you we, we really trust you to, to guide us in this with everything we've learned about you over the last few months. And, and so much of what we do is invented. It, you know, my, like my son wears whatever clothing he wants, yeah. right? Because I remember when he was a kid, uh, the girl made fun of him in class for wearing a, a jean jacket that buttoned differently, like a mm. button on the other side. And they said, you're wearing a girl's jacket. And Griffin was like, at 10, he was like, you know that clothes don't have an identity, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. There's no gender to clothing. Right. And so, I, you know, I'm I, he has always, like, seen the world that way. And I don't know what it takes. It, it has to be people who feel threatened. And then there's also this this gun fetish that goes on in places like Colorado. You see every, yeah. all these photos of Lauren Boebert, and then she wants to say thoughts and prayers. Why don't you uh. do something meaningful so that someone doesn't walk into a nightclub with an AR-15 style military style rifle. Right. Right. It's just it, there's there's no care for them. They, they, they don't care. I, I, you know, we're getting more details that are emerging from um, from the scene. Um, and I know there was a press conference police are holding very recently. And, you know, uh, something I respect that they did is they they identified the people by the pronouns they identified with. And you know what? It's it's not that hard. No. And these people are dead. So let's let's honor that. You know, I, I, I am I am I, when they said that it made me feel good that they were doing that, that they were honoring their identity that way at the same time. And I think this is just a case of where we are as a country. I felt some dread when they were saying it, because I know there is some right winger out there. There is some personality that's going to latch onto that mm-hmm. and be disrespectful to people that just lost their lives because they because they read their pronouns. Right. It's they're, just they're going to say that somebody it imposes made... nothing on you. You no. know what I mean? It takes nothing from you. Yeah, it takes nothing. Right. It pose, imposes nothing on you. It takes nothing from you. You know, this uh, this created and again, invented crusade that people are on. What are you gathering? Is your righteousness that you're gathering souls to save them? Right. Who are you trying to save? Right. Are you trying to elevate yourself in the in the kingdom hereafter or something? Because guess what? You're doing it all the wrong way and you're going against everything that Jesus taught. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, one of the things that I'm, I'm reading in this uh, New York Times article that posted just a couple hours ago is that there's a combat veteran who was actually at the club with his daughter, I believe, who helped uh, take down the shooter. Mm-hmm. So he he uh, helped helped do that. And then there is a line in here um, in this story that uh, caught my attention, which is a drag dancer stomped on the gunman with her high heels. Yes. I just like there's nothing. There's nothing good about any of this, but man, like, come on. I, I just, there, there are good people out there. This mm-hmm. guy was there with his daughter. I mean, 
and and it's these types of people who stand up and who are you know uh, fight quite literally in this situation for the community and to protect people. And I think that's that's important to recognize in a moment like this too. The, the people that run toward the danger and yeah. are and, and again, as you mentioned, uh, a veteran who uh, was there with his family celebrating someone's birthday. Yep. Uh, and that's the thing is that this is a place of celebration of uh, you know and. Ex- ex- intently for providing a place for people in the LGBTQ plus community to gather and and have joy. Yeah. And look, there's a place here in Illinois uh, called Uprising uh, Bakery up mm-hmm. in uh, Lake of the Hills. And there's somebody out there all the time with Trump flags and they've vandalized it. They've destroyed the windows. They have made business very hard for the owners of that of that uh, establishment to continue with their business. And they keep showing up because like you are not going to drive us out. But I've been nervous for their safety for a while. And I mean, this was bound to happen with everyone. Like, like I said, Awake Illinois, by the way, an organization that Paul Vallis has gone to their meetings and like spoken there. It's like, be aware yeah. Of who be mindful, right? That's what being they want to mock people who are woke. Yeah. You know what? That police chief Vasquez, who used, who said, "Look, I am going to identify the people who lost their lives by their chosen name and and their identity." Yeah. Like people are going to say, "You're right." They're going to say, "Oh, they made him do that." Oh, look at him, like you know, trying to to kiss people's asses and things, things like that. It's just respect. It was. It's it, just like human decency. Yeah, because but it doesn't appeal to them. Respect right. and dignity and doing the right thing doesn't appeal to people like that. Right. And I just. There's also a part of this conversation that is like a more global conversation about where we are with hate yes. in this country, too, yeah. which is, um, you know, we were talking as, as we were walking into the studio about uh, the cemetery that was that was defaced, mm-hmm. uh, you know, how uh, anti-Semitism is rearing its head in ways that are unimaginable. And now we're replatforming people on Twitter who, uh, you know, say anti-Semitic things like where's the regulation there? Um, and it's it also brings me back to like, look, right before the midterm elections, Nancy Pelosi's husband was attacked with a hammer in his house. I mean, like it's and, and and you cannot divorce the people who rile up uh, on the fr- uh, people on the fringe to do hateful acts, mm-hmm. right? That doesn't happen in a vacuum. It happens because they hear things. It happens because they go down the conspiratorial rabbit hole that you've invited them into. Maybe you don't drag them down the whole way, and you're not, you know, spouting all QAnon all the time, but you're giving them an opening. And some people go down there, and it's dark, and terrible things happen like this then. And we do need to talk about, you know, where this comes from and what we can do in the face of it. I, I, and, I, and I don't know what the solution is. I don't know what the answers are. Uh, and I was, I've told this story a few times on the air. You know, we talk about using swastikas and, uh, and denigrating people when we talk about those graves. Before Trump ran for office, two weeks before he announced, uh, my son Declan's school that's primarily for children with autism, developmental delays, mm-hmm. was vandalized with swastikas swastikas and, and and writing words like kill all the retards and my apologies for using that words oh but saying gosh. the r word is going to generate an entire list of people going what's the r word yeah. uh people in our community know what that means and it goes to you know you know being feeling that feeling of superiority because that did happen in nazi germany where they took people who were were gay or intellectuals or were handicapped and decided that they needed to be uh put a, put on the side and then eliminated yeah these are these are the these are the things that that people when you put a target on somebody's back this is the this is the consequence this right. is the fallout from that hatred 
Right. right. I mean, so tell me, I, I mean, there's a guy that calls sometimes and is like, you know, well, I don't want drag queens grooming my, my children. Yeah. Tell me what the results of that. Let's go to the extreme of right. that's what the result of what that, that child grows up to like a boy dressing in, in, right. in high heels or wearing makeup or enjoying the, the love of a, of a, of a man. Yeah. So how is that? Tell me what's wrong with that. Right. As I mean, it's also just like a, it's a, what? it's a, what's to- the worst? Yeah. it's a totally bizarre also like purely nurture, like no nature. Nature, it, it, yeah. approach to, to sexuality and everything. And it's just like, it is, I thought about this a lot as, as I was a kid. And everyone wants to throw those extreme examples at you. Be like, yeah. what if what if there was a drag queen? What if there was the... I'm I, sorry about that. Yeah. No, no, no. But no, I, I, I frequently come back to that. And it's a good question because I, what I think about is myself when I was in grade school, right? When I was in elementary school, what would have made my life so much easier would have just been in some curriculum somewhere or some adult somewhere saying, and some boys like boys and that's okay. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That, 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 that would have made the world of difference, I think, mm-hmm. for me as a, as a kid. And, but, but, but what people want to talk about is like, but you're going to expose them to drag queens. It's, that's, that's also just not the reality yeah. in so many places. That, that's, almost, that's the ground they want us to debate on, right? It is either like, you know, we are, we're not talking about it in schools or you want to have drag queens as every teacher in every school. That's not what's ha- that, that is so extreme. You right. know what I mean? But even to your point, you know, uh, what would happen? What would right. happen? What, 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 what bad is going to happen there? Yeah. That's, what is the moral judgment of like, this is terrible. Right. You know? and, and, and so they're going to do the thing that you think goes against whatever your uh, moral fabric is made right. out of. It's going to pull a thread. Now it's going to unravel. Okay. Right. That's your problem. Right. Then don't do the things that you think are uh, not acceptable in the hereafter. Because that's what they're talking about, right? I yeah. mean, that's ultimately... Here, we're all here. Let's make sure people feel loved and safe and can go to churches and synagogues and grocery stores and be in grade schools and be in nightclubs without the fear of being eliminated because somebody is, has hate in their heart that is fueled by so much of this crap. Yeah. I mean, there's no better way to put it. I'm going to take a break then. Before I start swearing, I'm right. so close. <laughs> Mind over matters. Dr. Amy Harris Nuon, as you know, this show is about challenging you to think differently, to make different choices in your life, to take action, to create positive outcomes in your life. So I want to challenge you to look at your life holistically, to where am I satisfied, what areas uh, need attention, and then go to work, take an action what you need to do. Mind over matters with Dr. Amy Harris Nuon, Sundays at 10 a.m. on WCPT 820. WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk, where facts matter. Said from the Manaqua Brewing Company, and I sell Choice Hard Seltzer, an all-natural grapefruit-flavored booze that you can enjoy for only 100 calories a can. A percentage of the proceeds of every can of Choice Hard Seltzer you buy goes to reproductive rights organizations in the Chicagoland area. Enjoy a light, refreshing hard seltzer this summer and support reproductive freedom at the same time. Now available at Dino's Cardinal Liquors in Gurney, Illinois, and Sugar Beet Food Co-op in Oak Park, as well as in Chicago at Jarvis Square Tavern, Rogers Park, and Garfield's Beverage Express Wicker Park. Please drink responsibly. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. 
Joining me in studio is Tim Hogan, the edit- editor-in-chief for HeartlandSignal.com. Yes. Yep. And uh, always catching the stories that maybe you might uh, not pick up because, well, a lot of, uh, you know, first of all, if you get Tucker Carlson telling us the, the garbage that uh, is important, we need to find out what the uh, what the real stories are out there that might not be yes. uh, picked up as much. Uh, I do want to ask you what your thoughts were on Lauren, Lauren Bobbitt coming, Bobert, Bobert coming yes. so close to losing within 700 votes uh, of losing in Colorado. I know. And uh, Frisch is not going going to ask for a recount. Yeah. Do you think that bodes well for him running against her again? And uh, I mean, if he just starts running now. I think so. Right. Yeah. I think he should give it another shot. We'll see what the landscape looks like in 2024. I mean, it was it was a really unique year in the sense that there were places where it was close. We did really well where we weren't expecting. And I think uh, Lauren Boebert, you know, activated a lot of people in her district. He gave a very good speech in one of their debates, which is just you haven't passed a bill. You don't go to work. You do TV interviews to rile people up. Tell me what you're doing for the people of this congressional district. She doesn't have a good answer because that's what she wants. She just wants a national platform to make people very angry. Um, but it was one of those seats where, you know, Florida didn't look so great for us. New York, surprisingly, not so great for us. But other places, I mean, like more rural Kansas seats and New Mexico seats, um, you know, we held everything we needed to in Nevada. Um, we we did well in a lot of places that were uh, that were very interesting. So um, it will be it will be curious to see what he chooses to do in the next cycle. I hope he runs again. And what do you think about the uh, new speaker uh, of the House? It's Kevin McCarthy. Kevin, right? well, he, he got the uh, he'll get he got the nomination internally from his caucus. So he'll go to the floor. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Um, my bet, if I had to bet money, uh, predict it, which is like an online betting thing. I think it's like shut down at this point. I used to love that site. Um, but uh, he, I think, will have the votes. He'll be the speaker. But it is going to be like crazy town, right? Because they are going to have one of the slimmest majorities since the 1930s, I believe. Really? Yes. And so you've got people like uh, Representative Don Bacon out of Nebraska, who's a moderate, being like, yeah, I don't know. I'll work for with Democrats on some things. Maybe he's doing his best Susan Collins. We don't know if that's real or not. Um, but there's a possibility that there is some bipartisan work that happens because it's gonna he's going to struggle to hold the caucus together. I think you've got people like Marjorie Taylor Greene interestingly coming out and being like, we got to support Kevin McCarthy, which like not a natural alignment there at all, but she's going to like, you know, place her chip and call in the bet when she needs to. Um, so we'll see also what they do. You know, is it going to be actual legislating? Uh, maybe a little bit, probably not. I think they're going to launch a ton of investigations that are pointless. I think we are going to have um, Jim Jordan and a bunch of right wingers leading committees investigating Hunter Biden's laptop. It's going to be crazy town. There's an article uh, that came out in the Atlantic today <laughs> titled Benghazi Times Infinity. So that, <laughs> if that's something to look forward to. It was, it was written by the former um, uh, communications director for Daryl Issa when he was on House Oversight. That's like the tip of the spear for House committees and in investigating things. They did all the Benghazi stuff. He's now a Democrat, interestingly enough. Hmm. Um, but which is a long way of saying it's going to be a mess. We'll, we'll see what they do because I have I have no idea. Yeah, it does. It sounds like it's going to be a mess. And speaking of uh, Hunter, the investigation into Hunter Biden's uh, laptop, which they're all salivating about, and, yep. and they also want to investigate Fauci and and, Garrett, yep. and Merrick Garland and all these other things. But uh, did you see uh, President Biden's uh, when he was pardoning the uh, turkeys today? Yes. It was so funny because he goes and he kept making. I don't know how many people picked. I'm sure people picked up on all of the turkey jokes that he made. I want to do. I don't want to no run foul a foul play. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, 
It's a tradition. Yes. One of our weirdest traditions in America, the pardoning of the turkeys, but he was on fire. It was yes. great. And the yeah. turkeys' names were Chocolate and Chip, which was... Yep. Yeah. Yep. Did they both get pardoned? Did that happen? Oh, I, I, think I, feel that, like, I feel like it has to be both, yeah. right? That would be mean, be like, yeah. uh, eeny, meeny, miny, yeah. mo. That's just mean. They both, uh, they used to put them up in like the Willard Hotel, which is like a nice hotel in D.C., and they'd like rent them a room before you'd get like photographs of the two turkeys in the hotel room. It's weird. Again, weird tradition that, that we have. It is really weird. But he had his line, what was it? It was like, the only red wave we're going to see is, uh, you know, Commander the German Shepherd spilling cranberry sauce off the table or something like that. I was like, that's... That's well, great. Which means that he does not get it from a can. And yeah. we're a little disappointed in our president. <laughs> He's not cutting it along the ridge lines, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm super excited about that. Uh, so those are some of the, the news stories. Uh, I, I think that um, as far as the, the midterm elections, I, I think we learned a lot. I think that it gives us energy, though. That was something we really mm-hmm. needed was not just the uh, the sort of peace of mind of places like Wisconsin. At least Evers won. Yeah. Uh, it was disappointing that uh, that Ron Johnson was successful rather yes. than uh, um, Mandela Barnes, um, but the governorships of Nevada, uh, yeah. of Arizona, a lot of these are key races. What are your thoughts on uh, ranked choice voting as as something on the ballot as well? Because that happened in Evanston and other parts yeah. of the country. Happened in Evanston. I mean, it's the reason, uh, well, maybe not solely the reason, because Sarah Palin was on the ballot in Alaska, but Mary Pelota, who is the um, Democratic representative who will represent Alaska, um, they just instituted ranked choice voting. The, my favorite thing about this was like, Sarah Palin was like, this is a Democrat, like conspiracy ranked choice voting. It's like you have an all-Republican legislature. Like, you guys passed. You wanted this. You passed this. Um, (laughs) I think they instituted in Maine, too, Mm -hmm. and um, we had a rematch there um, of Jared Golden, who's the Democratic representative, and Bruce Poliquin. And I think as a result of ranked choice voting, um, uh, we retained that seat. I mean, it's a good way to ensure that you're not wasting a vote. It's a very good way to gauge people's preferences, right? And so for instead of trying to calculate, like, you know, all right, we lost like 2% to the Libertarian. Was that good or bad for us? Would they have voted for the Republican? Or we lost X amount to the Green Party. Minnesota, they always run, the Republicans literally recruit people to run on like the Marijuana Party, like it's the Marijuana Party. And they always try to get liberals to vote for the marijuana party candidate and like it is it is always very very close uh it, sneakily uh democrats in minnesota uh worked a bill through the legislature didn't quite legalize recreational uh marijuana but um i don't know the chemical breakdown of like thc delta sure. whatever yeah, uh, but a portion of I it so should. it to- it sort of uh you know uh took the legs out from under some of the um, marijuana candidates but i'm i think ranked choice voting makes a lot of sense well it also because that it means that somebody doesn't win with 20 percent of the vote or 40 percent right. of the vote vote because there's a bunch of people on the ballot it means that someone gets so for folks who maybe aren't, aren't clear on this if if someone does not achieve 50 plus one on the ballot the simple majority of the votes then they eliminate like the, the least they just bring it down to like who listen who is the second choice so that you have you're you're able to cut through all of that, and it gives people an opportunity who maybe don't come in with the big money, yep. or you know the people that run good campaigns and run on on, on messaging rather than negative. It, it sort of it doesn't even the playing field completely, but it gives people an opportunity yep. to have their voices heard in yeah. a more meaningful way. Right? I no, think. I think it makes a lot of sense. It'll be interesting. You know, we we're seeing uh, it, it's spreading. Right? A lot of different places are instituting it. I think there was a fear that if you did it, you wouldn't get quick results. Um, you know, but we've seen places do instant runoffs, and it's pretty instant. It's right, pretty fast. <laughs> right, and as, as opposed to having, you know, the, the whether it's the now we have. Uh, um 
uh, we well, I think that the run on the special election in Georgia would have happened regardless. How yeah. do we have any handle on how that is looking? So here's my theory on on Georgia. Um, I think it is a bad position for Herschel Walker to be in for a couple of reasons. One, uh, Raphael Warnock did emerge with more votes, so he's closer closer to 50% to start with. Okay. Uh, second, I think there are a lot of voters in Georgia who are Republicans who went to go vote for Brian Kemp as the governor, and they were like, all right, I'll I'll vote for the Herschel Walker. Yeah. You know, I'll just do it. But I think there are also a handful of Republicans who are like, ah, I'm not going to go vote uh, if it's just Herschel Walker on the ballot. <laughs> he's not inspirational he's enough. He's not inspirational enough. doesn't drive people out. And I also think there is an aspect of and this cuts both ways. I get a sense that maybe it cuts worse for Republicans. They don't have the opportunity to control the Senate, right? This is not a race that is going to uh, be a, a tipping scale like it was um, in 2020 with Ossoff right. and Warnock. So I think there is a, a good chance that Republicans are a little demotivated. Um, uh, I also, you know, cutting the other way, Democrats could think the same thing and be like, ah, it's not that big. But I think people really like Raphael Warnock. I think, I think so Democrats too. really like Raphael Warnock. I think they see, like, integrity there. I think independents like him, too. So for Republicans who were like, ah, whatever, to heck with, you know, like, uh, how how smart I think this guy is or if he's, like, a honest person or if he'll be a good, rep, you know, uh, senator, I'll go vote for him. I think they might not show up. Well, we'll continue to see how we, got, we have until December 3rd. Is that right? December? No. December 6th. December 6th. Yep. Excellent. All right. Yep. We were talking to a friend, Todd Belcourt, in a little while. He's got volunteers that he's uh, uh, working with down in Georgia to help get the vote out and things like that. So Tim Hogan, you can find on Heartland Signal. He's the editor-in-chief of our newsroom and Heartland Signal on Twitter. We didn't even talk about Twitter. Do you want to hang out more or are you done? You can, I'll let you go. <laughs> yeah, it's, whatever you want. If you want to yeah. stay, we'll talk about Twitter yeah. when we come back. Let me, i got to do traffic in a minute. You have to sit here and watch me right. do that. There's new information. Explosive new information. It's how every day starts. Need for information. Get the info you need from Santita Jackson. Weekday morning starting at 6 on WCPT 820. This is WCPT 820, where facts matter. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. Some uh, technical issues here. If you're watching on the live stream, trying to make sure that people can see Tim Hogan. Can you, hey, yeah. everybody. <laughs> the uh, editor-in-chief for the Heartland Signal. Go to heartlandsignal.com to see all the great work our news team does. You can also follow them on Heartland Signal. Don't miss a single story that they're making sure you know about. And uh, and joining me, uh, on, well, joining me for this conversation, Tim and I were talking, we briefly talked about uh, Joe Biden, President Biden pardoning uh, the turkey. Somebody texted in a, a, a good point. Which is, uh, as it's been said, the pardoning of the turkeys is a very sick thing and most humans can't see it. What crime have the turkeys committed? That's a good point. It should be called the sparing of the turkeys from unnecessary slaughter. All right. Good. I try. I, I, I should be better. I'm trying to cut back on meat. I was talking about this yeah. last week. I saw a documentary about this pig named Matilda mm. who escaped from a slaughterhouse so that she could have her babies. Oh. And now she and her 10 piglets are all going to live the rest of their lives on a farm for the next decade or so at a pig sanctuary, at a animal sanctuary in England. And they weren't like sent there. They that's where yeah. they like near this town. Um, okay, well, that's uh, I. But it's I, hard. It's very. It's hard. hard. It is. It is hard. Um, we were also talking briefly about. 
about Twitter and uh, okay when they said that uh, you know Elon took a poll on Friday yep. yes or no should Trump come back and like the guy's followed by eighty percent bots right. he's like oh the people have spoken what Russia the people of Russia right. have spoken what a yeah what a uh, what a dumb way to make decisions about your platform yeah it's it's like pretty horrifying to see it, I agree that like it's the Twitter is for better or for worse. Our best global public square, right? Like it is uh, at least on the news and media side of things, you can instantly interact with journalists, politicians. On um, politicians, probably not reading your tweet and whatever. Um, but at the same time, it is a hugely important platform, and the fact that we've sold it to this guy who's just treating it like a toy and cutting. I feel like every day he finally said today, "I'm like, we're not going to cut any more staff." I'm like, "Is there anybody left? Like, who who else is still there?" And you know, we're talking about um, you know hate speech and things that happen where you know anti-Semitic dialogue gets uh, platformed and right. pushed out and radicalizes people, or you know, homophobic uh, content gets push was well, like what those people were doing that you fired right like to try to police some of that content it's not censorship right you can't just go on a platform like that or you should not be able to and spew hate speech uh, it's not woke it's just making sure that it's a safe place for people to have a conversation well and what you know someone was mentioning that uh you, this is Look, the digital space for the last 25 years, almost 30 years, has been a game of catch up for catching up for everyone. Right. When I look, I I started school at uh, college in 1989 and we still had like computer sites in the dorms. Like nobody had their own. Nobody had their own computer really in their in their dorm room. So, you know, I was always kind of like, what's going on? They're like chat rooms and people are playing like Dungeons and Dragons and things like that. Like an email was just starting when I was in college. And so for me, it's always been kind of like, okay, I guess. I'm doing this now. Mm-hmm. My whole life has been like, oh, okay, this is what we use now. Uh, but I've always felt as though, whether it was radio, television, the movies, uh, you know, all kind, all these different outlets that newspapers never figured have still not figured out how to make sure that they have a good business model that can live digitally online yep. as well as still print the papers and tell and have responsible journalism. Uh, movies now, if because we got rid of DVDs, everything is streamed. We, like we're we're always playing catch up and uh, like basically uh, destroying everything in the wake. Is there a way, and so what I'm leading to is legislation. Legislation has never been able to get a handle on how do we make sure that people are safe in this new environment of, you know, we. it's not just globalism because you yeah. can attack somebody from another country. We get, you know, this is the thing that FBI has been trying to play catch up with is like our cybersecurity right. because people can get to our water supply, our nuclear uh, facilities, to banks, all these different ways in which we can manipulate people. But the intel, like the emotional manipulation that happens online, you know, there has to be a way to go, how is this website responsible for the content that is out there? Right. Yeah, I mean, that is a big question. That was like the big question on like Section 230, which was like Trump loved talking about that as if you'd be able to just like sue Twitter for anything anybody tweeted. So like that's that's a problem, right? Because it's a self-publishing platform. So like can you sue the platform for what someone else puts out there, which their degree of responsibility? There's also like to your point a financial question there, right? And there there is some legislation that I know has been moving. Um, it's, it's not, you know, passed or signed into law yet. But also, you know, smaller newspapers, if you take... 
take that content and it gets published on Facebook or other places, like can you share in the revenue that's generated right. uh, on those platforms? Because you know, Facebook, uh, despite the stock for Facebook not doing so great, um, you know, has a huge financial backing and they have a huge financial backstop. A lot of these like small local papers don't. So there's a local journalism question there too. And yes, to your point too, it's also like innovation, right? And we think about that here too. Is you know, we're an AM radio station, WCBTA 20 AM. We launched in the last year and a half a digital website with uh, reporters. We beefed up our social media. We've seen like you know views skyrocket for for videos. I think um, you know we see uh, at least thirty million impressions of our content uh, every month, which is like nowhere near where we were before. Um, but it is a question of like, okay, but but what does that mean? Like, what do those numbers mean in terms of um, you being able to monetize it? Uh, and it's a big question about like, do you pay wallet? Do you sell advertising? And there's a whole bunch of complicated questions there. And to, to bring it back to Twitter a little bit, it's like, I think Elon bought this and doesn't really know what the answer is to that question. He doesn't really like advertisers right. and the advertisers don't really like him right now because he's it's like the Wild West. And so they don't feel safe advertising on the platform. But it's like, OK, well, what are you going to do? You're going to charge eight dollars for everybody who has a blue check mark like that is a vanity project that some people would probably fall for, including myself. But at the same time, like, what is the, the monetization strategy there? Um, and I think that drives a lot of this, too, for him. Well, yeah, I mean, like, eight bucks for whatever, you know, it, it, was it eight bucks a month or was yeah. it it's eight, bucks eight bucks a month? It yeah. started at 20, and then we got down to eight, <laughs> and now we're at, you can buy it for eight, but you don't need to pay eight if you already have it. It's just like, and it's so, you know, it's just so dumb. It's so mind-numbing. It's like a verification system that you can just literally buy. Right. Oh, well, that won't, you know, uh, lead to anything bad, except, like, someone created a fake Tesla account, right, yep. and it's talking about how they're like, yeah, our car's exploding all the time. It's totally fine. And then he gets mad about it. I was like, well, you literally invented the system that is is creating a problem here. You're just letting people do this. You know, it's it's like he didn't he did not think. He did no. not think about this. He's I, not a deep thinker. No, I had no like, it was funny the other day I was like, how who is this guy again? I like the I remember the first time I had heard of Elon Musk. I was at another radio station. I was just starting out there and the the temporary producer that I had been uh, assigned um was excited about his space program like mm-hmm. all this and I was just like, I have no idea. I, so I would, like way back in the day, I was too a little bit. I was like, oh, this is cool, like SpaceX, Tesla. Yes. These are all like cool, cutting edge things. And now I'm like, eh, no, nope, mm. was wrong on that one. But I, like the fact that he made like his family just owned emerald mines, yeah, which with a lot of really questionable and horrible things yeah. underneath that too. So it's just like this goes. And I've said this before: we don't need more billionaires, yeah, because the way you get to be a billionaire is often at the cost of paying low wages. Of you know, of destroying the environment, uh, all these different. It, it takes a, it takes a lot of destruction in order to get there, and in order we we consolidate power in their hands. I just think that you, in a situation like this, don't want Twitter in the hands of just the wealthiest person. You want it in the hands of thoughtful people, which right. is really where it was. It was so imperfect. Everyone, I mean, left, right, everybody is complaining. There were problems, but I felt like there was at least some effort to fix things, right? Whereas now we're just like, oh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, she was banned for COVID misinformation. Let's bring her back on. Let's try to get Donald Trump back on the platform, although it doesn't seem like Trump is actually going to do it. Not at all. But I think Elon, yeah. it, what he's doing right now, too, 
was like, it is the play. It's, it's a Trumpian play. It's like, hey, let's as much controversy as possible. And he's tweeting out these metrics of like Twitter usage is like at an all time high. Blah 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 blah. I mean, people are people are leaving the platform. I guess my my take on this for people who want to leave it is that you shouldn't leave yet. Right. I don't think people should leave yet because we don't know where it's going to go. And the last thing we need to do, it's a, it is a platform that is also a battleground, right? And you don't need people who are, uh, you know, Democrats, liberals leaving because they don't like it at the same time that it's getting flooded with right wingers. Like it right. is, it's an influential platform and you see people splintering off into like Mastodon or Post or I've Tribe tried. Social. I, can't, I, can't I don't understand any of these things and I might just be Discord getting old. Or whatever. Yeah. But, but like... <laughs> You just you, we can't give up on it. We can't give up on it quite yet. Well, you have to you have to embrace the fact that you might not feel space. You know, might not feel safe yeah. there. And as you said, it is a battleground of ideas now. Sometimes where you, you just you know look, take a breath. You're going to scroll through some junk that you don't want to see or that, that's really mean and and manipulative. Uh, but also like yeah, just the block button still works. The block you button can still works. Use yes. it judiciously. I block a lot of ads now just to yeah. I always block all the ads because that's what that's what advertisers yeah. buy there is for the eyes. I'm like, oh, right. block, block, right. block Best Buy. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Best Buy. Not, nothing against you. Right. I mean, if you want to advertise on this show, you're more than welcome to. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. We love a brick and mortar. <laughs> we do, do, do. But by the way, the other thing before you go, uh, I want to ask you about uh, crypto, about uh, cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, another thing that's like in the background for me, like this guy, I don't even know his name. Yeah. Uh, Sam Bankman for you. Yes. So yeah. he's just like, well, things happen. Things got away from me. Like, yeah. Basically, is how he's discussing his Ponzi scheme. Right. Well, uh, what I'm actually worried about with this story in particular is that it is being used as a cudgel against Democrats right now because Sam Bankman-Fried did give a decent amount of money to Democrats, right? And that's a that's a problem. Like there should be oversight. But what is being, I think, pushed very effectively by the right is that there are also people who were a part of this company, uh, his co-CEO, who also donated like $20 million to Republicans, right? Like $2 million to Kevin McCarthy's Congressional Leadership Fund, donated to like 43 Republicans up and down the ticket. And I feel like right now in the press, it's like, oh, it's a problem for Democrats. How are they going to conduct oversight over these folks? It's like he, the other guy gave $20 million. It is a, it's a bipartisan problem, right? It's a serious problem. People, people lost money. And uh, it shouldn't be weaponized by either party in yeah. this situation. Like it is something that requires oversight. It's not something that should be, you know, uh, it should be done in a bipartisan way. Yeah, I agree completely. Well, Tim Hogan, I thank you for joining us because I, I yanked you out of your office. I'm like, yeah. come on here. So whenever you're it's in the hallway, you're gonna be <laughs> especially on Mondays, apparently. Yeah. Are we still doing Monday morning meeting? I, I know I wasn't always there. Uh, yeah. All right, I missed yeah. today. No, I'm sorry. Okay. Sorry about that. Well, I didn't get the alert the on my calendar. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> Have a, a wonderful uh, evening. Happy Thanksgiving if I don't Happy see you before you yeah. head out of town. And uh, again, go to heartlandsignal.com. Follow our news team that uh, that Tim is the, uh, the editor-in-chief for. Uh, Heartland Signal on Twitter and uh, and Facebook, all those great places. Yeah, have a great. We're everywhere. Have a great week. You are everywhere, and I'm glad that you're not are. on Mastodon yet. Not yet. I don't. No. I don't understand it. <laughs> Mastodon. Social. We'll figure it out. More after this on driving it home with me, Patty Vasquez, taking your calls. Uh, I see everyone lining up. I will get there in just a moment. You're listening to WCPT eight twenty because facts matter. Patty Vasquez is taking your calls now. At 773-763-9278. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Now on WCPT 820. I am taking your calls and I'm taking them in order of who's been holding on the longest. Jim in Chicago, thank you so much for calling in, my friend. What's on your mind? Hi, Patty. 
My favorite singer is Billie Holiday. She has a song, my favorite mm. song, Ain't Nobody's Business. <laughs> and this thing reminded me of that. Don't an individual, doesn't an individual understand what autonomy is over your own yeah. being, your own little body that was born on this earth? They don't understand autonomy. No. It's nobody's business what anybody's doing. Nope. Unless, you learn, unless you're learning to help you hand, there's no point of judging another individual uh, about that. And the other thing, Jenny, real quick, in Canada, they barred all assault rifles. Mm-hmm. They have uh, health insurance there. I'm starting to wonder, when I get this kick in Social Security, I'm going to kick up in January. I'm looking at either South America. I've never been to South America. But Canada, I've been to Canada. I love the Canadians. But they barred all assault rifles. This guy went into that joint with all kinds of ammunition. Thank God that they had a couple of people there that took control of it. Because think of the people that were shot. What if you were shot and paralyzed and so on and so I mean, dear God in heaven, I mean, you're, you're talking about uh, an agonizing existence. But autonomy is the word for me. As far as people's sexual uh, uh, business, that's an autonomy. Same with a woman's choice or anything along those lines. That's autonomy. That comes to your own conscience and it has to remain in an in individual's conscience. And uh, that's all I have to say. I can't believe that people would get involved in another individual's uh, life like that, unless they were there to run the helping hand. Exactly. Anyway, Patty, yeah. Anyway, you have a great night here. God love you, and good night, Scott. Thank you. Right back at you, Tim. Thanks so much. And Dave and Hoffman Estates. Hi, Dave. How are you doing today? Good. And Jim, go to Costa Rica. Costa Rica. You no army, and you can live like a king for under about two thousand a month. Excellent. All right. Good to keep in mind. I kept trying to tell you that, but you keep uh, fighting it. So I know. Well, my, you were looking. I, uh, I, <laughs> I haven't had time to think about retiring anymore. <laughs> when, it was, okay. when it was a little quiet earlier in the year, and then and then my son's. Uh, situation worsened but uh so yeah i haven't uh, taken time to think about that stuff okay. <laughs> what's on your mind they got great health care too like, well, fair enough and, uh, they were trained in america so but uh the um did you by the way did you read that email i sent you last week there? no i have not had a chance to go to my emails okay. for uh, the station this week this weekend sorry about that okay i think you might find it very enlightening anyway um then you were talking like about trump and that that uh with the uh, Twitter, he's not going to go there. He's so deep into that new Truth Social site that he did. He'd be losing millions on that. On the, uh, yeah, on his own social media platform, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, when you were saying in the last hour about that bakery, is that the one in Lake Zurich or Lake, Lake, of, the Hills, Lake of the Hills? Yep. And you said, what? Paul Vallis spoke there a few times. He well, Wake Illinois amplified hateful language about the uprising uh, bakery and cafe, cafe and bakery, where they have all kinds of events, uh, including uh, you know a couple of drag events. And so, the, somebody who had been at January six vandalized the you know the the building, the business, uh, broke all the windows, gr- sprayed graf- graffiti all over it, and uh, and it was it, it was using a lot of the same language as. 
Awake, Illinois. And then at an event earlier this year, Paul Vallis uh, appeared at, that, at one of their events. Yeah, I wasn't sure if you had said Paul Vallis or if it was video, but yep. yeah, well, like you're saying, you got to be careful with those mega Nazis that are protesting. And that's what, if you don't remember, it wasn't that long ago when uh, those uh, pre mega Nazis, whatever nuts they were, that time when they went, that one went and shot up the walls at that. At that uh, ping pong pizza gate, you know that pizza r- restaurant. Right. When uh, that fake news where they were saying that Bill and Hillary were using it as a front for a pedophile sex ring. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, and, and, and crazy people showed up there demanding this to free the kids. Right. And yeah. It, uh, you know, because they had, you know, this guy was getting death threats and that, and you know, back then, you know, on the social media, because they got so deranged on the, you know, that they believe in that crap, and then lastly on the. The uh, death threats and that that story about uh, in Arizona that was it the Secretary of State or the one? Oh yes, I heard about this. Yeah, is it Secretary of State? No, I believe it was someone from the from the uh, from from Lake's campaign was threatening. I think that they were threatening somebody who was in charge, and I, I think they even were threatening law enforcement and saying that I can't control the angry people if you don't um, you know change the outcome of this election essentially. Yeah, well, if something bad, you know, the worst happens to this, would Gary Lake be uh, accountable as a, an accomplice? Right. It's a good question. I, I mean, I don't know. It, it's they do so many reprehensible things and we're having like almost prosecution and justice fatigue, it seems like. But we've got to keep going and hold people accountable. Yeah. Anyway, let me clear off so you can get to some other calls. But I just thought I'd share that with you. Out. Yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, Dave. Have a great evening. You too. Be well. You too. Steve in the Gold Coast. Hey, Steve, how are you doing? Yes, uh, thank you for taking my call. I wanted to make a couple of points. And, and, and I'm increasingly of the belief that Elon Musk is kind of the forest gump of technology, just sort of in the right place at the right time. But, uh, you know, people, for, for some reason, seem to conflate the, the capacity to be successful in one endeavor in life, uh, meaning that you, get, you are somehow qualified to do all sorts of other things. I think Albert Einstein was a genius in his own right in terms of being a theoretical physicist. But it doesn't mean I would have voted for him to be president. Right. And so you could run for the job. And I don't know why Elon Musk or people think that Elon Musk is qualified to be the arbiter of, of this information technology, which is something different than what he was doing in the past. I mean, you know, reusable rockets and electric cars is one thing. Um, this is something entirely different about, uh, about, about how it impacts our our democracy, about how it impacts our, our social structure, all sorts of other things that he has absolutely no background or credentials or experience in dealing with. And, and, and the fact is that, you know, most people agree that, you know, he overpaid for this company, and now he's making just one mistake after another. So, um, but but uh, the most important one for us as, uh, as part of the public, because this is, this is the, shall we say, the virtual, um, uh, so you say, community, uh, community square now, um, uh, what standards do we want to have and what do we want to impose there? Um, I, I, I understand that these are private platforms. And having said that, I'm not comfortable with the idea of sort of people getting their information from 280 characters and posts right. that consist of 280 characters. I don't think you can have a substantive debate or you can formulate a substantive idea in 280 characters. So if you're getting your information from there, I think you ought to reconsider that. Having said that, I do recognize that a lot of people do utilize the platform for that sort of thing. And, yes, I'm, I'm not for ceding that ground to the other side. Because if you just let them have it, then I think that that's worse than, you know, the, you know, the lack of substance that exists 
right. uh, in, in terms of the in terms of the structure. So yes, there is that conundrum. Um, but as I said, I mean, uh, Elon Musk, I think, is going to go down, uh, unlike other people who are, shall we say, you know, the Bill Gates of the world and Steve Jobs and others, I think, who honestly, uh, you know, did have um, a, a great deal of insight and were, were fairly bright people. But, you know, they knew how to stay in their lane. And, and when people like Bill Gates decided to start a foundation and to delve outward in terms of you know, what he was going to do with his money and other things, he didn't do it on his own. He hired a bunch of really bright people who come in and advise him on where he should spend his money to help people. Um, but, uh, you know, Elon Musk is one of these people who sort of has bought into his own press and honestly believes he's the smartest guy in the world. And, and much like Donald Trump and a few others, you know, there's this thing called the Dunning-Kruger effect. Uh, a couple of psychologists developed the, this theory. And it seems to hold a good deal of water. The dumbest people are, the, are those who are convinced that they are the smartest people in the room. Yeah. And, and, this, and that, that just holds true throughout life. Well, because it's, it's, it, it implies or it signifies a lack of uh, intellectual curiosity because somebody who is truly smart knows that they will never be completely uh, educated by everything that there is to know in the world. It's just the, like it should be a lifelong journey and seeking information and understanding and clarity uh, is what smart people do. Uh, people who feel like they're done are not that bright. <laughs> oh, absolutely. If you meet somebody really bright, they're going to tell you about all, and ask them any question. They're going to give you all sorts of qualifiers. They're going to tell you why. On the other, yeah. other hand, there's this and this. Yeah, for everything you think you, you understand, you have a question that you answer, you find 10 other questions on the other side of that door. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and lastly, um, I, I do think it's interesting in terms of local politics uh, as far as the mayoral race. Uh, you know, I, I firmly believe that. Uh, we're, we're one less candidate into this because, you know, Chicago is pretty much a city of thirds. You know, we're a third Hispanic, a third white, a third black. And, you know, anytime that you, uh, anytime you've got candidates who are both of, shall we say, one group or another running against each other, uh, so if you have more than one Hispanic or more than one African-American and so forth, more than one uh, white person running, then the view is that you're going to pretty much undermine each other's uh, base and uh, you know so instead I think that we we've got one fewer candidate because uh, Chewy is running and I think somebody perhaps somewhere in the background made a deal and said hey look there's something for you on the other side of this if you don't run I think you might have a point there you're right that's a good point yeah, consolidate forces exactly just speculate I mean, I, I mean I wish that we were not that in America I wish that we were not that in Chicago where you know you pretty much need it. You know, if if you're a Hispanic candidate, you're going to get a lot of Hispanics to vote for you. If you're a white candidate, you get a lot of white people. If you're African-American, you're going to get a lot of African-Americans. But I wish we were more than that. It's not always the case that that happens that way, but uh, it does break down too much along those lines. So, uh, you know, that these are the kinds of deals that are often struck. Yeah. No, I think there's, there's a validity to that. I've got to run because I'm a little bit late for the news and traffic. Thank you so much, Steve, for joining the conversation. Look forward to talking to you again soon. Hey, let's take it away for news and other information from the station. Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCPT 820, where facts matter. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. There is an important special election coming up on December 6th in in Georgia. Joining me on the phone right now is the executive director and co-founder of Social Change, Todd Belcourt, to tell us how we can help get out the vote. Hey, Todd, how are you doing today? 
Hey, good evening, Patty, and thanks for having me. It's an honor to be here with you and your listeners. Oh, thank you so much. You sent a message the other day uh, letting me know that the efforts are underway to make sure folks in Georgia know that there is, one, that there is a special election, to know where they're going to vote, uh, if they're not registered, how they can register. So well, tell us a little, a little bit first about the work that you are helping organize through social change. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as people are well aware, of this is the final election for this midterm season to determine uh, who's going to be the U.S. Senator out of Georgia. And it's important to us, especially given the, the rich history Georgia has of, of suppressing the vote, to ensure that everyone is aware of the effect that the election is taking place, has uh, all the resources they need in terms of where to go, when to go, uh, how to cast their vote legally and all that, given all the new laws and everything. But also, just more than anything, to kind of help people get to the polls, just basic transportation, basic needs right now. Um, as people during these winter months are struggling to kind of keep, make ends meet and deal with all the, everything else they have on their plates, it's important to now make sure that they have the support they need. But vote one last time for this cycle. So we're providing that uh, in person, from afar, through phone banking, knocking on doors, text banking, um, going door-to-door on communities all throughout Georgia. Uh, we have 15 people from all of the countries who are currently in Georgia um, helping to provide these resources and support and show this love to our neighbors in, in Georgia. So whether you're Pittsburgh or L.A. or New York or Indiana or North Carolina, you will have brothers and sisters from your neighborhoods, from your communities, of course, from Chicago. So if you want to come down, we have accommodations for people to kind of be part of this freedom summer journey. but. Not quite as warm as summer, um, but we also want to make sure people are aware they want to volunteer from afar. They can. They can make calls. They can donate. Social change that site backslash donate and be involved that way as well. Are you also uh, coordinating any uh, postcard writing, anything like that, that uh, people can get involved in and just send postcards of voters uh, to residents in uh, in Georgia to get out the vote? You know, we know some organizations that are, and I need to make sure I can make, get that information available so people who are interested in that can do that. We've been doing texting and phone banking okay. um, as our kind of virtual opportunity, but absolutely we know people um, still like to kind of have that personal touch, and there's a way to do that via those campaigns, and we'll touch down with some of the folks doing that so I can provide that when I have an opportunity to get that information to to support this work that you're doing, uh, coordinating volunteers and connecting with voters, where do people go to either find out how they can make that trip down to Georgia or how they can donate money to support the work? Yeah, absolutely. Go to our website, socialchange.site, socialchange.site, or at Shy Social Change on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Just send us a message, direct message us, or you can direct message me on LinkedIn or Facebook, Todd Belcourt. And uh, let us know what you're interested in doing, how many people are coming with you, how long you can stay. And we'll be happy to share what sort of uh, operations we can provide in terms of accommodations, in terms of gap support, uh, so people can come down here and um, you can do the work that's necessary, but also not necessarily, you know, really drastically impact the holiday budget either. When are you, uh, when are you planning on making your trek down to uh, Georgia? Well, I was down there from um, last Saturday up until just recently um, in town for not only our Thanksgiving event for social change, but also my late birthday and then um, family, of course, for Thanksgiving. But I'll be heading back Friday morning and we have oh, people wow. road tripping from L.A. right now, as you speak, and people coming to them from North Carolina and people driving down from Chicago. So if people reach out, you may make some you know, new friends to road trip down with from wherever in the world you may be, uh, but at the very least, 
know that we have a lot of amazing people already there who are waiting anxious to greet you and welcome you as family and um, hold your hands as we go through this work and this struggle together. It, having been in Georgia uh, since last Saturday until recently, how would you compare it to the energy? Because you were also working on the uh, the last election, special election that they had down there when uh, Ossoff and Warnock were running as well. What would you say, you know, are you, are you encountering people who are like, oh, we have to do this again? Or uh, is there a little bit of fatigue or are people, you know, like, oh, thank you so much for telling me or a little bit of both, I'm guessing? There's absolutely fatigue, particularly on the end of the the folks who are organizing and giving out the vote prior to the runoff. So a lot of organizations uh, and people were really betting on having an opportunity to relax and enjoy time with their families and kind of be relieved from those 80 to 100 hour weeks that are required in campaign season. Unfortunately, they're not getting that relief. So they're definitely experiencing burnout. It's all the more reason why we need people with fresh legs, uh, fresh energy, you know, to bring morale up and be on the ground and help kind of carry some of this weight right now. But also in terms of voters themselves, I mean, um, there's a lot of misinformation being passed along. Some people think, well, their vote carries over, so they don't have to vote, vote again. Um, some people aren't feeling such a sense of urgency uh, because of misinformation that's given about, you know, the composition of the Senate, so it doesn't matter and all this stuff. So there's a lot of different uh, narratives afoot that are all undermining democracy. <laughs> so we just definitely need to make sure that anyone is interested in making sure that Everyone who has a chance to vote can vote in Georgia, and everyone who votes has the vote counted. Come down or be a part from afar. Donate to our efforts uh, so we continue to, to provide the free lodging that allows people to come and, and be a part of this work stress-free, and we'd really appreciate it. And before I let you go, because I know that you have plans for dinner, as you mentioned. It's uh, someone special's birthday today. Tell, please tell her happy birthday for me and for everybody here at WCPT. I hope that you have a wonderful dinner. Uh, let me know how uh, – I want to make sure that people know, because I, I, your, your film festival, which just uh, con- concluded last week, was extraordinary, as it is every year. I mean, like every year, I, my, I just feel like my, my soul is fed and nourished uh, by the work of so many incredible filmmakers and everybody at uh, Social Change and Change Fest. Um, first of all, uh, how, did, how did you feel about this year's uh, film festival and the feedback you've gotten? Oh, we've gotten absolutely incredible feedback from everyone enjoying your virtual sessions and conversations you moderate and facilitate, Patty, so amazingly and seamlessly as always, to the in-person events. Um, people are excited to be in person and fellowship and break bread and, and build community in that more intimate context. And um, all the way around, there's just been nothing but just the pearls given towards not only the work of the filmmakers and the work being done to address issues in the families, but for the amazing uh just energy that my team put into it and the way they created a really hospitable environment and a, a safe space where people have different opinions and walk through and walk through different issues. So it's something that we're really excited about, how well it's received and, you know, can't wait to do even bigger and better next year. So we had sold out houses and all locations, all, all film blocks, um, standing room only. I mean, it's, it's really a blessing. It's, you know, now's the time to bring people together, and that's certainly one of the better mechanisms that we have at our disposal, using stories and activism and community building, things like that. So 
thank you for being a part of that and making it so fantastic as always, Patty. Someday I would, I, would, I really want to submit a film. I don't, I don't know that it'll be uh, for next year, but I, I would, I so want to uh, find a, a way forward. So with that in mind, if we do have filmmakers or f- folks who know they have a story they've always wanted to tell, uh, how would you encourage them to be ready for next year's uh, submission window so that they can be considered for your next festival? Well, the good news is, is that window is actually currently open right now. Oh. Um, we've already, yeah, we've already made that window open after the end of the season. It just ended about a week ago. and We're on top of it and um, make sure people who are interested don't miss a chance to kind of uh, be a part and share their story. As you mentioned, I mean, this is the time um, people need to know what people are going through. A lot of people are going through the same thing you are. Um, and not you personally, but I'm saying, you know, the same thing that other callers or listeners may be going through and they may need to hear your story to help them overcome something. And it's really a true blessing to have a chance to not only have your story be heard, but um, have it resonate with people and see other people's lives you touch as a result of sharing it. And that really provides some real relief um, to the burden that people are carrying right now with a lot of pain and hardship. So please, if you have a story to tell, whether it's a personal one or a community issue that you've seen and want to document, submit it and help be part of the change and help provide this transformation that too many people are waiting on and really in need of that only you can provide. Extraordinary. I really, I, like I said, uh, I'm just, it's always uh, not not only an honor to talk to you, but uh, it's an honor to be your friend. And uh, I, I know that we haven't had a chance to spend as much time uh, doing the work that we do, but uh, soon, I hope, uh, we'll get a chance to, to uh, converge again and uh, just maybe have a meal uh, and talk about what our plans are because, uh, and when you can come in studio, but I know that things are really busy. So maybe before Christmas time, uh, we'd love to have you in studio because we'd also like to amplify. Uh, oh, you mentioned something on Thursday. That was the question I wanted to ask you. You have an event coming up for Thanksgiving for social change in communities that need help? Well, unfortunately, it was a Thursday that just passed. Um, we oh. about food to 600 families. Yeah, uh, turkeys, you know, sweet potatoes, greens, nice. um, all that amazingness. And it had to be earlier than we desired because um, the turkey delivery, I mean, turkey's in such high demand right now, nor do you obtain them uh, with our partners, Iman, on the southwest side of Chicago. They could only be obtained and delivered literally on that day. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so it's, but well, thankfully they're frozen, and a lot of items that we provided are things that they keep, but uh, unfortunately it's not going to be taking place this week. That's what we usually have a schedule. Gotcha. No, that, uh, but the, what a great, uh, what, what great work you guys all do, your volunteers and, and everyone at Social Change. Again, we've been talking to the co founder and executive director of Social Change. Let folks know again the places they can go to donate and support all the work that you do, including getting the vote out in Georgia for the special election on December 6th. Yes, please just take a look at socialchange.site, socialchange.site, S I T E, and you know, quick donate and to, you know, if you want to donate specifically to this effort and get out the ball in Georgia, just indicate that in the little, um, the note section, and it'll be expressly dedicated towards that. Uh, but if you want to donate some time, we, we need as many hands on deck as possible. Uh, let us know that as well through our, our, you know, comment section on our website or just direct messaging us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Shy Social Change. Or if you see, hey, Todd, I see you on LinkedIn, I see you on Facebook, I am accessible, I am uh, affable. I mean, go ahead and reach out. I'll be more than happy to talk to you if you are able to do the kind that you and your family's love us just come down and be part of this change. It's so necessary. Excellent. Thank you so much. Go celebrate. Happy birthday to our, our lovely yeah. friend, the one wonderful woman uh, in your life. Yeah. Of course. Have a great yeah. evening, Todd. Absolutely. My very best.
Thank you. All right. We'll talk, we'll talk to you soon. Safe travels. That's Todd Belcor, executive director of Social Change and one of the co-founders. Let's take a break here. Continue our conversation. We come back. If you want to give me a call, 773-763-9278. That's the number to join our conversation by calling or texting. Again, the number is 773-763-9278. And we're driving it home until 7. And coming up in just a little bit, we will check in with Rudy Flores, the executive director of Lincoln Square Ravenswood Chamber of Commerce, to talk about Small Business Saturday, because you know that's one of my biggest passions is making sure that we are supporting the local businesses in our community. More after this on the Heartland Signal. Because facts matter. You're listening to WCPT 820. Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Manaqua Brewing Company, and I sell Choice Hard Seltzer, an all-natural grapefruit-flavored booze that you can enjoy for only 100 calories a can. A percentage of the proceeds of every can of Choice Hard Seltzer you buy goes to reproductive rights organizations in the Chicagoland area. Enjoy a light, refreshing hard seltzer this summer and support reproductive freedom at the same time. Now available at Dino's Cardinal Liquors in Gurney, Illinois, and Sugar Beet Food Co-op in Oak Park, as well as in Chicago at Jarvis. Square Tavern, Rogers Park, and Garfield's Beverage Express, Wicker Park. Please drink responsibly. On January 6, 2021, followers of Trump and something called QAnon attempted a coup at the United States Capitol. Who are these people? I want to live with the QAnon girl. I could be happy the rest of my life with a QAnon girl. I really don't understand anybody who follows any of these QAnon theories and, you know, election deniers and uh, vaccine haters and mask hate, all these different. I just again, this this like this consolidation of hate and marginalizing people is really how we end up with violence in places in places that should be where people feel safe. And uh, I, I just can't understand uh, where the, the hate comes from. Our number is seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight to join our conversation anytime. Uh, I do want to say that uh, you know, I, you know what? I haven't seen maybe because I'm not necessarily following everything as closely as I have in the past when a horrific story like the shooting in Colorado Springs uh, happens. Uh, but I will say that. You know, in the past, it's always been like, now is not a time, you know, we have to mourn and now is not a time to talk about gun legislation. No, you know what? We're, that, that time has passed. We're no longer going to put up with any of that sort of uh, now is not the right time. Because here's the thing. The shooter in the Colorado Springs nightclub shooting that left uh, five people dead, um, he'd already a year and a half before he before this even happened, uh, he, had, he had threatened his mother with a homemade bomb, which forced neighbors and surrounding homes to evacuate. Evacuate while the bomb squad and crisis negotiators talked him into surrendering. And even though that happened, there's no record that prosecutors even move forward with anything like felony kidnapping or menacing charges against uh, his mother or uh, that police or relatives did anything to make sure that this guy didn't have a gun. Sorry, I shouldn't yell. Sorry, I'm yelling, Lady B. Hi, Lady B. Welcome back. Good to see you, my friend. Uh, but this is, I, I just, so sometimes people will say, well, there are, you know, there's a lot of regulations in Chicago, but the, the laws don't get enforced. But also, people aren't cooperating with making sure whether it's the police, the family, the people. Like, why would you want, this guy shouldn't have any guns, much less access to a military-style rifle. Does that help, by the way, for the people who are like, well, you don't know what, it, what, you know, there's no such thing as an assault. What, okay, is the military-style, is that, is that 
that language that's palpable enough for us to have a conversation about how we need to do something that mini- that at the very least minimizes the violence, the gun violence that we are experiencing all over the country every single day. And yeah, are there people getting shot in Chicago? Yeah, should we be talking about that too? Absolutely. And we are going to talk about the places where people go to learn to go grocery shopping, to worship. We were talking about those places, too. Uh, it is, uh, it's, I don't, I can't, why is it so hard? I was talking to somebody the other day who said, uh, oh, you probably will never have me on your show because uh, I'm not really a progressive. And I said, okay, what what makes you think that you're not, what, what? he goes, I'm, I'm more conservative. I said, okay, what, what makes you conservative? And he goes, uh, and, he, and he's a, a man of color, and he goes, uh, I don't believe in BLM. Okay. You know, so what? Like you don't believe that Black Lives Matter. You don't believe that your life matters, or you don't like the the movement. You don't like the what is it? He's like, well, no, I just I just want to say that. Okay, fine. What, what makes you conservative? He goes, I, I don't know. Uh, ask me something. I'm like, where do you stand on a, a woman's uh, autonomy when it comes to choosing her own uh, her own future and having access to abortion care? He goes, well, I don't think that a woman should have a, a, an abortion in the, in the 40th week. Oh, my God. We're not even starting from baseline of rational thinking because that doesn't happen. Uh, it, it doesn't happen. So his whole thing was uh, he, he owns guns. He was, so you're probably going to think I'm a conservative. I'm like, no, I know Democrats that own guns. I know liberals that own guns. I said, I don't think that we should have a free-for-all, that there shouldn't be any regulation on guns. I said, what do you think about uh, bump stocks? He goes, oh, you mean like an extended magazine? Yeah, I mean an extended magazine. Again, we're going to go with, I'm not saying the right words. I'd say pretty please. Anyway, so he said, uh, you know, you mean an extended uh, extended magazine? Yeah, I mean an extended magazine. Uh, and he goes, well, no, I, he goes, uh, I, I can see wanting to, to, you know, but it's enforcement. Fine. It's enforcement. As we see here, there should have been laws that were enforced and, and people that should have been participating in making sure this guy didn't have a military-style rifle in his hands. And I said, what do you think about military-style rifles? Because I, I didn't try to even like – because, again, if I say like the wrong letters and numbers together, uh, I'm not allowed to have the conversation. And he goes, well, yeah. He goes, I, I don't think that anyone needs that kind of a weapon uh, for hunting or self-defense. And I said, all right. How about that? Then he goes, well, then it's a slippery slope. Oh, my God. And, and that's the thing is like he started it with a conversation about how, well, women shouldn't be able to have an abortion at uh, 40 weeks, which is not something that happens, right? So it, it is that logic of if, you know, he, their logic of, well, we should have some regulations, but then they went ahead and just went all, they, it was they, because they created the slippery slope of, well, only in the cases of rape and incest, maybe, but then not. Uh, but it shouldn't be at 40 weeks or 38 weeks, but then n- neither ever. So maybe that's why they're so afraid of the slippery slope, because they created the slippery slope. And so they think we're going to. And and all we just like something where we save lives, where children aren't covering themselves in their friends' blood to pretend like they're dead so they don't get shot. So the people who are celebrating a birthday at a nightclub and enjoying a space where they have found community are dead. How? I can't with people anymore. I'm. Take a break. Tune into the Tom Hartman radio program, your home for news, opinion, and insight, right here on WCPT 820, where facts matter. WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk, where facts matter. 
Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Minocqua Brewing Company, and I sell progressive beer like AOC IPA and Bernie Brew, a lovingly irascible Democratic Socialist lager. A percentage of the proceeds of every beer I sell goes to helping keep Wisconsin blue and driving the Trump cult out of our state. Enjoy a great craft beer and help your dysfunctional neighbor to the north get its democracy back. Now available at Arminetti Wine and Spirits in Woodstock, Illinois, and Famous Liquors in Lombard, as well as in Chicago at A&S Wine and Spirits, Back of the Yards, and Granite Western Liquors, Ukrainian Village. Please drink responsibly. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. In just a few moments, we're going to talk to Rudy Flores from the, uh, Ra- the Lincoln Square Ravenswood Chamber of Commerce. And before we get to Rudy, I want to talk to Aida from Sterling. Am I saying your name correctly, Aida? You are. Thank you, Patty. Thank you so much for taking my call. Of course. I appreciate it. And I I won't be very long. I just wanted to say that I love that you're on for two hours now. Um, there are a bunch of us out here who are quiet and we listen day in and day out to um, WCPT. And everything that you guys say resonates so well with our lives. I'm in rural Illinois. I, yeah, I just moved here two, six months ago because I couldn't afford to stay where I was. And it's just such help me to know that there's so much sanity in WCPT, and I love listening to your program. So keep up the good work, and thank you very much. Oh, you know what? I, I, one of the things I've been talking to a few comedians about is going out into uh, like some of the towns you know, farther away and maybe doing some comedy shows. Yeah. So I'm going to try to see if I can find a venue in Sterling. I'm going I'm, I'm to start making a list, and if folks want to tell me where they're, oh. uh, where they're listening from, we'll try to figure out a way to bring comedy and uh, a WCPT event to you. And like the people... Would that be fun? Yeah, I mean that would be that would be fun. Yeah. Thank you. I, am I say is it Aida? Aida, yes, Aida. Oh, and my last name is actually Gonzalez, but I'm married Baker, and so now I'm Aida Baker. But um, <laughs> um, also, um, if you're ever in Sterling, and maybe I could send you um, a link where maybe there are a couple of places around here where you guys could you can come out and do the comedy show that would be amazing i would love that stand by and uh lady b would you mind asking Aida for her email off the air and uh, and i will email you back Aida. all right thank you thank you so much all that right, would... take care for, and keep up the good work and take care of yourself thank uh, you, you so too much. thank you so much and one of the ways i am taking care of myself is talking to our friend Rudy Flores, who is the executive director of the Ravenswood, the Lincoln, the Lincoln Square Ravenswood Chamber of Commerce. Hey, Rudy, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm very well. And uh, look, I, I, we've been talking about some heavy stuff today. Uh, we're talking about important things. And one of the things that I have been passionate about for, for as long as I can remember, actually, is uh, small businesses. Uh, I love Lincoln Square in the Ravenswood area. And you guys have, are you ready to, to ring in the holidays? So tell us about what's coming up. What should we know about this weekend? Yeah, so it's one of my actually favorite times of year, just like you. I, you know, I love small businesses. That's what I do what I do. Um, but, yeah, we have, um, over the years, working with American Express and their Small Business Saturday um, program, um, which is Saturday after Thanksgiving every year, um, kind of try to grow um, what we do in our community and make it a special day, um, not, not necessarily just for shopping, but for just being with your family and coming out and maybe, you you know, go to a cafe or get dinner or something. But um, if you've not been, which I know you have, but um, if your listeners have not been, we light up our street um, with over a thousand different, um, they're called orbs. 
that are all up um, in our trees um, along several blocks of Lincoln Avenue um, in the heart of Lincoln Square. And so um, we do our annual tree lighting that evening. Santa comes out and lights that for us. And um, we have pictures with Santa for both kids and pets and um, Victorian carolers throughout the day. So um, we kind of try to make it really special for our small business community and for people to come out and maybe not want to hit the malls or the shopping centers, but um, come stroll along our, our little main street in Lincoln Square. Well, that's the thing is that, you know, while there's there's pretty decent parking in the area, you know, there's a lot there and there's there's street parking up and up and down Lincoln Avenue and, and some of the arterial streets. But there's also the Brown Line stop is right there at Western Avenue, drops you off right right at the edge of everything that we're talking about. Right. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah right. Um, right along the Lincoln Avenue corridor, the Western Brown Line stop and just you know, a couple feet away from where all the excitement happens. And um, the tree lighting is at 5.30 in the evening, but we kick off festivities around 11 a.m. is when the Victorian carolers come out. Um, Santa's pictures with him are at 10 a.m. I'm at the Perfect Cup, which is over next to the Brown Line station, the Damon stop. Um, so we kind of spread out what we do throughout the community, but um, it's just, you know, it's really fun to, to meet, you know, the business owners and their staff and everybody's like really excited to um, just be celebrating the day that lots of different um, discounts and the people are baking cookies for their customers or, you know, giving out free hot chocolate, things like that. So it's just a fun festive day. Well, and that's the thing is, you know, there's so many different ways to have joy this holiday season, right? Because there has been over the last 20 years, this frenzy of the, you know, people lining up for hours. They finish their Thanksgiving Day meal and then they're at Kohl's at like two in the morning to get their, <laughs> right, the Black Friday deals. And we're putting workers, you know, uh, to work 24 uh, seven without time to like really celebrate the season themselves. So tell us about Plaid Friday. Yeah, so that's, uh, you know, I was, when I was growing up, that's what I remember doing with my family was going out to Target or Walmart right early in the morning and waiting and stuff like that, which is, you know, great in itself. But um, Plaid Friday is a concept started by the American Independent Business Alliance, uh, Amoeba is what we call them. Um, and it's still Black Friday, but it's get, let's get cozy and plaid and go out and celebrate your community. So um, it's a new take on Black Friday that's not about the chains, but again, about the small businesses. Um, and it really is that the reason the plaid is the terminology we're using is just to, to bring that sense of coziness and, and family and togetherness. So, um, you know, again, it's not just always about shopping, right? It can be just go and get a coffee or go to the movies. We have the Davis Theater in our, in our, in our community, and, um, which is a historic theater, which is beautiful if you've never been. And, um, yeah, it's just, you know, it's another way of promoting that being together with friends and family um, and supporting your local community because when you spend the money locally, you know, it stays within your neighborhood. And when I say locally, I mean like more the mom and pops where, you know, they're employing somebody who's most likely going to be receiving health insurance or getting a higher wage and probably full time. And um, they're also you know, going to be working with their local accountant or local insurance agent. So everything is kept more in the community. Your dollars that you spend there are circulating within your own neighborhood or your, your own town. 
And that's the beauty of of Lincoln Square and the Ravenswood area is that you have folks who, you know, get to work and live in the same neighborhoods. You know, if, if they if it's you know, if it's where they want to live and and hopefully earn a, a living wage where they can afford a, a price to live. There's what I'm saying. And uh, I, I loved living there. It's such a walkable area. There's something there's literally something for everyone, whether it's music at the Old Town School of Music, as you mentioned, the movie theater over there. I, I, I've been going to that movie theater since. I was 14 years old. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little different these days because uh, it was like a dollar. It was a dollar movie theater when I was a kid. The Davis movie theater. Oh wow! Yeah, you know, I think I knew that. Um, I, I have not experienced that. <laughs> I have yeah. experienced the floor remodel, so oh. um, it's come a long way with a restaurant now and a bar and stuff like that. But it has you know a beautiful stage and curtains and, and still an old school feel to it. It's really, really gorgeous. And then the other thing is when we talk about the, you know, the sort of uh, spending and shopping frenzy, we have, you know, people have the what they do on Friday. And then I know that all the online sites have already, you know, geared up for their cyber deals and things like that. And so people are ready with their keyboards at, you know, twelve oh one Monday morning. Uh, but folks have uh, the opportunity to also shop local online as well. Right. Tell us a little bit about that's, the that's about that. So, yeah. Yeah, so that's one of the newer things. So, you know, the pandemic had to shift a lot of the business models, especially for small businesses. And so a lot of our businesses might have had, um, you know, a small e-commerce site, but nothing very robust. And so because of the pandemic, they really pivoted. And we have a lot more online options now. And so that's something where I feel like Cyber Monday has a lot of growth opportunity for the small business community because um, that was, you know, mostly intended for the Amazons and Targets and things like that. But now small businesses have, you know, great websites. And so when you're trying to, again, think about where you put that money, um, look at these really, you know, cool sites that people have created. And they might not even just be on a website. It could be like shopping through Facebook or through Instagram and stuff like that. But they're offering discounts as well. They're offering free shipping. A lot of times you can either just pick it up in the store, which I think is another activity to, you know, go to the neighborhood. And, and this is, you know, this is across the, the industry. It's not just, you know, for Lincoln Square Ravens, but, but a lot of local businesses now offer this. And so I think you're going to see a lot more Cyber Monday deals at the local level now, which is really, which is really great and exciting, I think. Yeah, I agree. Well, it's, but yeah, especially like you said, the, the, a lot of uh, business had, businesses had to adjust and the quote unquote most hated word uh, was pivot. <laughs> the pivot during the <laughs> yeah. pandemic. Uh, but it really, I think, has you know, will have a lasting effect that could support and benefit them in the long run, as you mentioned, with having an online presence is uh, more uh, dynamic than before. And then one of the big things we'll be highlighting uh, every single day this week uh, is Giving Tuesday, which is an opportunity to like, you know, it, it's it's there's a mindfulness, you know, let's let's take a pause in the middle of all this, you know, whether it's Black Friday or Cyber Monday and go, you know, I, I let's save up some money before we do all of that and figure out who we want to help and amplify on Tuesday. Tell us a little bit about Giving Tuesday as well in the community. Yeah, and that's what's, um, that's also you know, something that's grown over the years. And I think a lot of people originally thought it was like, oh, I have to find that nonprofit that I'm going to go and support. But a lot of our businesses work with these various nonprofits. So one in particular that comes to mind is the Friendship Center, um, which is our local food pantry. And there's just such a great connection between the local businesses and that food pantry that, you know, there's like, 
you shop in my store and we give you 10% or 20% of your purchase. It's going to go to the food pantry, for instance. Um, but one store in particular is Potapaz, and um, they're doing um, like all their sales on Giving Tuesday to um, various nonprofits. And so that's an artist boutique gallery um, located on Damon Avenue, just north of Lawrence, so right off the brown line stuff of Damon. Um, and I thought that was really cool that, um, you know, getting 100% of sales that day um, to you know, feeding people through plants. That's the, the organization that they'll be donating to. Um, we also have a store called Planet Access Company Store, um, which the parent company is actually a nonprofit called Search Inc. that and opens doors um, for adults with disabilities. And so they, they basically teach skills to um, adults who have learning disabilities to be in the workforce. And so um, might be in their warehouse managing with their clothing lines and stuff like that. Um, they do um, art artist competitions and things like that that you'll see in the store sometimes as well. But that's called Planet Access right in the heart of Lincoln Square. Um, so um, it's really fascinating and cool how our various businesses try to connect with these different organizations um, at the local level to give back um, during not just this day, but throughout the year. I mean, a lot of the little leagues and stuff like that, small businesses are sponsoring um, those little leagues in order for them to have their uniforms and stuff like that. So um, just, you know, just a really great day. I'm glad that this is growing and growing in our country, and especially in the small business industry. And before I go on, just because I want to make sure people can find some of the information that we are talking about and the local businesses and nonprofits that are participating and that you, that you are also amplifying, where can people find all this information? Yeah, if you just go to lincolnsquare.org, um, there's right on our homepage, you'll see information to click over to Small Business Saturday or Holidays page. But um, lincolnsquare.org forward slash holidays, that will have every um, day that we're talking about right now. So from Plot Friday, Small Business Saturday, Cyber Monday, and Giving Tuesday, all the information and, all, and what businesses are doing throughout our area. Well, the other thing, uh, so I'm a bit of a, uh, you know, I'm on the air now until 7. It would be hard for me to get to Lincoln Square on a Thursday by uh, by the time they close, but they are extending their hours at some of the locations. Is that right? Oh, yeah. So that's also, yeah. So Thursdays, um, in the second and third Thursdays in December, um, we coordinate with a whole bunch of businesses to stay open for the same hours. Uh, so that's always sometimes a frustration for small businesses because every business has different hours, you know, the different days are open. So um, it's a day where everybody's open till eight um, and then they offer sometimes discounts, sometimes snacks or hot beverages. And a lot of our restaurants this year are participating to do deals. That's, so that's really exciting as well. So, you know, come out, do a little shopping and, and go get a meal locally. Um, but yeah, that happens. It's called Shop Late Lincoln and Damon at Night, um, our two main business corridors. And uh, that's also on that Lincoln Square forward slash holiday page. And I really, I can't start talking about the restaurants in, in the area because I'll start getting hungry, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. I shouldn't. <laughs> because there's such an incredible range of food. I stopped, I can't remember where I was. I was heading somewhere. I'm like, I got to go get some Greek food. Uh, there's an incredible, there's incredible Greek food, uh, Argentinian food. There's uh, Mexican food. Ger- is there still German food? I mean, like, I know that the, 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 the great big German restaurant has closed down. There's got to be some place that, uh, that's taken that pl- Is there German food? Yes. There has yeah, to be. So- Brownhouse was the one you're talking about yes. um, that has closed the historic one. But Himmel's um, is right around the corner on Lawrence Avenue from Lincoln. Um, and so they're actually the whole family, um, first generation here from Germany. So you want authentic German food that's 
that's where you should go. Um, it's a European bistro. It's how they classify themselves. They do a little bit of everything, but definitely um, like chicken schnitzel, I think, is you know one of the things that people always crave <laughs> for the German restaurant. Yes. So go there. Um, but Cafe Sol Marie also, right in the heart of the square, um, also has some really great German dishes. The menu changes a lot, but um, we have the Warbler and Gather, which are you know really beautiful restaurants just by the Old Town School. Land and Lake is a new restaurant that opened up in Ravenswood. Um, had a location, uh, has one in Andersonville, so it's their second location. And beautiful rooftop, you know, not obviously this time of year, but, um, but then something, you know, great to come and visit later on um, when the weather gets back to being warm. But, yeah, just great restaurants all around. We are um, a little bit of everything. So, I'm like, you want to, you know, chase your way around the world, that's what you can do in Lincoln Square. <laughs> and, again, folks, uh, Lincoln Square, Ravenswood area, the the brown line could drop you off right there at the Western Stop, the Western Avenue Stop. And uh, and you can, it's, if you're thinking, like, the, I would say, what would you, I would put, like, the beginning of it at Western and Lawrence, but where would you put the, your sort of drop your pin for people to, to oh, know? yeah. Yeah? Lawrence and yeah, West? Yeah, definitely. Western and you know, Western Lawrence is like just the center. Um, that's right where the main part of the square is. Um, so that's like the best, you know, yeah, going straight there. And then, uh, like I said, Damon Avenue is just east of there. It's parallel with the Lincoln Avenue corridor. And that also has a lot of new small boutiques and businesses that have opened up over the past couple of years. Yeah, my my son was going to a friend's house and I was like waiting for him because I, I never like to rush him because we, we live so far away from all of his friends. And so I, I what I generally do in those situations is I just explore whatever neighborhood he's hanging out in. And I found the most amazing sushi place on Damon. I don't even know the name of it. I should take like cards with me. But I was like, it's just like in the middle of the block, just a beautiful little, that's what Ravenswood Lincoln Square is like. So I love the work that you guys have done. And, and you and I have had the chance to have conversations over the last five or six years. And I uh, it really continues to grow and blow me away with the wonderful work that you all do there. So thank you for joining us, Rudy. Yeah, thanks for having us. We appreciate it. Have a, ha- a happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. I'll talk to you again soon. Let's check in before uh, before the new year, before Christmas, and see what else has uh, popped up that you want to amplify again. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great night. Happy, happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Let's uh, take a break here. We'll wrap it up when we come back. We are driving it home till 7. If you want to join the conversation before I head out, 773-763-9278 is the number to join our conversation. More in a moment on the Heartland Signal, WCPT 820. Tonight on Democracy Now! The U.N. Climate Summit has ended with rich countries agreeing to establish a loss and damage fund to help the global south deal with the worst effects of the climate catastrophe. But delegates at COP27 failed to agree on any steps to phase out fossil fuels. We'll get the latest. All those stories and more tonight at 11 on WCPT 820. This is WCPT 820 where facts matter. Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Minocqua Brewing Company, and I sell progressive beer like AOC IPA and Bernie Brew, a lovingly irascible Democratic Socialist lager. A percentage of the proceeds of every beer I sell goes to helping keep Wisconsin blue and driving the Trump cult out of our state. Enjoy a great craft beer and help your dysfunctional neighbor to the north get its democracy back. Now available at Armanetti Wine and Spirits in Woodstock, Illinois, and Famous Liquors in Lombard, as well as in Chicago at ANS Wine and Spirits, Back of the Yards, and Grand and Western Liquors, Ukrainian Village. Please drink responsibly. 
Before we sign off tonight, uh, one of the things that we often talk about is how the victims in a, in a tragedy like what happened in Colorado Springs, uh, we often know more about the uh, the shooters than we do about the victims. And uh, the names have been released of those who lost their lives. Uh, Daniel Davis Aston was 28 years old. Uh, he grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and had just moved to Colorado Springs two years ago. Aston, a transgender man, was a well-known bartender and entertainer at Club Q. He had a penchant for entertaining at a young age. He had attended Northeastern State University in Oklahoma and became president of the LGBTQ club. Derek Rump was a bartender at Club Q, uh, and he had attended a, an area a senior high school in his native Berks County, Pennsylvania. Uh, he was a loving, supportive, with a heavy hand in his drink pouring, and just a really good listener, and would not be afraid to tell you when you were wrong and selling, tell, instead of telling you what you wanted to hear. And that was really valuable. So one of his close friends. Kelly Loving was 40 years old. Last week, Natalie Bingham celebrated Kelly Loving's 40th birthday at her Denver home with a small cake and a few friends. For Bingham, 25 and transgender, it was a big deal to celebrate with another trans woman's 40th birthday because so many of her transgender friend had, friends had died so young. Reaching 40 had felt like a reaching a milestone for Kelly Loving. Ashley Paw was killed in the attack, according to her husband, uh, and he is devastated with the loss of his wife. She meant everything to this family, and we can't even begin to understand what it will mean not to have her in our lives. Raymond Green Vance was 22 years old. Raymond went to Club Q on Saturday with his girlfriend Cassie and her family to celebrate a friend's birthday, according to a family statement. Raymond was a kind, selfless young adult with his entire life ahead of him. He was born in Chicago. And Vance spent his entire life in Colorado Springs, where he lived with his mother and younger brother. He was a 2018 graduate of Sand Creek High School and had recently gotten a new job with a FedEx distribution center. Just wanted you to know the names of those who lost their lives at Club Q. Please, folks, um, we have to do better by the people in our lives. Uh, it, it, this, is, this, this is not where we should be right now. We should not have to continue to mourn and hear people offer their thoughts and prayers and no solutions without any kindness in their hearts any empathy in their deeds uh we have to do better thank you all so much i'm gonna turn it over do you want me to hit another another spot or should we just i think we can are we good with time or do you need me to give me a thumbs up before okay i'm gonna send it over to you lady b have a great night everybody be well we'll talk to you tomorrow